Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great compliance story. One of those jerks says, sue me, and they actually take them to court. But first, a story from Forever Souls Raven a little malice mixed with petty revenge, and karma strikes the following day. I've been with Company H since February 2019. In that time, I've lost two supervisors, both basically saying the CEO can go screw off. The CEO is one of those people that only likes your opinion if it's the same as theirs. I get paid through a specific grant. I've been seeing XYZ clients since I started working there. However, the other week apparently they were audited and told I could only see X clients and nothing else. I reminded them that they have to inform clients as to what's going on, as I've been working with YZ clients for over two plus years. But I found out from the receptionist they didn't tell my clients or other staff anything as to why I could only see X clients and not the others. Further, most of those clients despise the other worker they were assigned to. How do I know this? Well, she covered my clients while out on medical leave, and when I came back, I was told horror stories by them. I told work fine, I'll only see ex-clients. Mind you, my schedule dropped from seeing 32 clients a week down to four. Kind of nice, but really boring having nothing to do. The following day after conversation, I get a call from a coworker that this client really needed to see me. I told them no. That's when all heck broke loose. But the client said they don't want to work with the witch. If the client doesn't want to see you, they're going to leave. And I say not my problem, because via the CEO email I can only see X. The coworker says, but, I say sorry, can't help you, talk to the CEO. At this point I can hear from my office shouting and cursing, as this was not the only client that left the company. As I was sitting in my office, watching YouTube and enjoying seeing the anguish in their faces, when I came out of there to go home. If you were working a job like this, and let's say even you liked your clients, would you still refuse to see those clients even if they're asking for you until you get the orders from higher on up that you can see these clients again? Or if possible, would you still want to help them out? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Kurgan IT, Bureaucracy at its Finest, and How to Circumvent It. Italy, the year was 1995. Internet was dial-up only and really expensive. Our municipality decided to give away free dial-up internet to any citizen who asked for it. The procedure to get an account was, call the appropriate municipal office by phone to get an appointment, go to the office to show your ID, and have a username and password. I was walking past that office and thought, why not? I went in, there was a small desk in this big empty room with a sign that said Iperbile, the name of the free internet initiative, Asked the clerk, who was free, if I could sign up for free internet. She asked me if I had an appointment. I told her that I did not. I was just walking by and decided to go in. And since there was no one waiting, I asked if I could do without an appointment. She told me that I have to take an appointment. So I asked her, okay, can you give me an appointment? She told me, you must call the phone number to get one. So I walked back 3 meters, 10 feet, 
picked up my cell phone and called the number. She answered the phone herself and gave me an appointment for 10 minutes from now. I don't know if she actually noticed that I was calling her from the same room. I went back at her desk and said, I know I'm a little early, sorry, can I have my internet access credentials? And this is how I got my free internet access. Do you mean to tell me that back in 1995, Kurgan IT was walking around with one of those brick giant gray block cell phones? What other cell phones did they have in 1995? Actually, I did a quick Google because I was legitimately curious, and it turns out by 95, there was actually some pretty small-ish cell phones for the time. I guess it also turns out in Italy at that point, they were pretty ahead of the game as far as cell phones go. I learned something today. Our next story is from SWYTS. HOA lady has to follow rules eventually. I bought my first house in 1999, and I wanted direct TV. I put up a satellite dish, which happened to be behind a privacy fence. I also knew the FCC ruling that HOAs couldn't prevent you from putting up a dish due to some malfeasance with home builders who would make shady deals with cable companies to force homeowners to go with a specific company. I think that's right. I figured I wouldn't have any issues since it was behind a fence anyway. I got a knock at my door the next day and it was my neighbor from across the cul-de-sac telling me she's on the board of the HOA. Your dish is in violation and must be removed. This was my first encounter with her. I politely explained the law as I knew it and told her to have a nice day. We didn't speak again and she ended up moving out soon. Well, it turns out she didn't move out and was just renting to some other lady I never spoke to and the HOA lady moved back in a year later. There was an easement behind my house which was properly mowed when I moved in. I would hit golf balls down there with my wedge, and my neighbor was into archery and used it as his range. By the second summer I lived there, it was overgrown and an eyesore. I couldn't even see the creek just behind my house anymore. One weekend, I borrowed my dad's utility trailer, and I spent three days clearing out our little section behind the houses, hauling all of the debris away, probably two trips a day. My arms were covered in cuts from briars, and apparently I was also dealing with sumac, poison ivy, or some other stuff because by Monday, I was having an allergic reaction so badly that I went to the dock to get a steroid shot. Laid up in the house all day, and I get a knock at the door. It's the neighbor woman again. Apparently there's a rule that you can't store a trailer in the driveway for more than three days, and this was day four. I needed to remove it by the end of the day or face a $500 fine. She handed me a paper listing the rule, and I considered just paying the fine, but instead, I angrily drove an hour each way to return my dad's trailer after spending half the day already waiting in a hospital lobby. I got home after dark. What struck me as odd was that there were a list of things you couldn't store in your driveway. Personal watercraft, boats, trailers, etc., The odd part was that motorcycle was listed on there. I don't ride one myself, but I thought it was a totally reasonable thing to keep in a driveway. After I finished all this work, this woman would routinely walk through my yard without asking. But since she was taking her grandkid to play in the creek, I never said anything, even though it bothered me she never asked. A year or so later, I wanted to sell the house and move into something bigger. I talked to a realtor already, and I was getting things tidied up to have the house shown. As I was cleaning out a drawer, I noticed that paper the HOA lady had given me, and I remembered the part about motorcycles being listed. You see, the HOA lady had started dating an older gentleman, and he had moved in with her. 
Turns out, he rode a Harley, which was always parked in her driveway. She was home, so I walked over there and politely informed her about the violation. The next day, the motorcycle was parked on her back porch. The one she bragged about to everyone who would listen so she could tell them how much it cost. I laughed to myself, but then I remembered the part about it needing to be behind a fence. Another knock at the door, and within a few days, a fence company was building a six-foot privacy fence, which completely hid her fancy new deck. My realtor had been on my case for at least a week about needing to put up a for sale sign, so as soon as the fence was finished, I told her it was okay. I sold the house quickly and moved out at the end of the month. Oh, and by the way, the fence was completely hideous and looked out of place because of the way her lot was shaped. Moral of the story here is don't move into a place that has an HOA. God, if there's one thing that annoys me, it's like imagining settling down and spending a buttload of money to buy a property in a place where not only do you have to comply with very specific demands from other people, but you have to pay them for them to demand those things too. Even if it means spending a little bit more or living a little bit further outside whatever city, I'd rather have a property that I can do just about anything with within reason than be told, no, you can't park that trailer there for more than four days. No, your house has to be the specific color of beige. Not having Karen's come over like, hey, you can't have that satellite dish installed. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Everyone has great stories like our next one from Sarcastic Witch 01. Dress code me? Fine, I'll make you late. This story begins with Catholic boarding school, overly strict deans, and an overwhelming urge to stick it to the man. I, female, 16, am currently attending Catholic boarding school. This means everyone working here either doesn't care or isn't a huge power trip. Paula is one of the deans. She's usually chill, but for some reason, she sometimes gets a bit weird about dress code. She dress coded me seven times on my first day at school. I was forced to change about seven to eight times that day. She also just came up with this new rule that if you don't show up with a complete uniform, it's immediate detention. An example of her being like that was last week. For quick context, my school's in Europe. One of the huge selling points of my school is the fact that they take us on a lot of trips around Europe. My school was on a trip to Italy during this story, so it meant dress code rules were a bit less strict because of the hot weather. I do admit, a lot of the girls were wearing pretty outrageous stuff, and I even dared to try on a bodycon dress on the first day. But a lot of the girls were also getting unfairly dress coded. Anyways, I decided to wear a white floral dress. It was my roommate's and she was cool with me wearing it. Keep in mind, she even had it altered to make it less revealing to be able to bring it to boarding school. I got past Paola's dress code rules during breakfast, and I thought that would be the end of it. Oh, how wrong I was. That day, we were supposed to make a two-hour drive to Florence, so we were bringing our suitcases downstairs. While I was literally going out the door, Paola said something like, Young lady, what are you wearing? And that was the moment I knew I was screwed. I didn't even bother to answer in French, so I played dumb and said, What do you mean? They reply in French, Your skirt, it's too short. I say, Paolo, what do you mean? It's literally right above my knee. The rule is no skirt shorter than 6 centimeters above the knee, so it was fine. They reply, I'm not hearing another word. You either change it or figure something out. Otherwise, you're getting detention when we get back to the school. In that moment, I was pissed. 
Detention is a huge deal in my school, since it basically takes away the one time of the week where you can actually go out to town, and we don't usually get it because of a freaking skirt. I'd already checked out of my room, and I didn't really have anywhere else to change. So that's when I decided to maliciously comply with her demands. I would take my sweet time getting changed and picking something else out. I decided to look for the bathroom in the lobby. There was a long line. Perfect. After getting past the line, I took my sweet time picking out another outfit and trying a bunch of outfits on. In total, I took between 10 to 20 minutes. I picked out an outfit that actually violated dress code rules. The fallout, we were late because of Paula's demands. My school makes it a point to always be on time, so they were pissed. Paula wasn't even allowed to scold me since she brought it upon herself. She was in too much of a hurry to make me change again or even notice I was violating dress code rules by wearing a crop top. Gasp. She mostly left me alone for the rest of the trip. We even got to talk about my chemical romance later on, so yay. I do think it's annoying when somebody's overly strict about dress code rules. Obviously it never really affected me, but if somebody's wearing something that does qualify but it's like right at the border, and they still dress code you over it, it just seems ridiculous. And our final story of the day is from someone you don't know, 70, won't compensate me for my fence, then compensate me a hundred times as much for my crops. My brother-in-law grows avocados in California. Several years ago, a portion of his ranch was ravaged by a wildfire, or so we thought at first. When the smoke cleared, it became obvious that the fire was caused by an electrical line that was blown over by strong winds, and had landed on his fence, catching it on fire. Since he'd been planning on diversifying his crops anyway, he decided he'd simply replace his fence, replant, and move on. To that end, he called up the electric company that owned the down line and asked them for about $10,000 in compensation to replace the fence that had been destroyed by their electrical line. They denied any and all culpability in the matter and told him that he should sue them if he didn't like it. What the electric company didn't realize was that my sister, his wife, works full-time as a corporate attorney for one of the largest utilities in California, defending against cases just like this one. At first she was concerned that his utility was a subsidiary of her employer, in which case there would be a massive conflict of interest. Apparently legal departments frown on their employees when their husband's suing them, go figure. Thankfully after some investigation, she realized that the utility in question was completely independent of her employer, and at that point, the gloves were off. My sister didn't represent her husband because she's typically on the other side of these cases, but she did advise him on everything he needed to bring to court to win his case. And she helped him find a very reputable lawyer with a solid record of winning cases like these. Not knowing what they were up against, the utility persisted in refusing to negotiate, hoping that by forcing my brother-in-law to trial, he would simply give up and go away. Spurred on by my sister's insistence that he had a solid case, he called their bluff and went to trial. As it turns out, California takes agricultural damage very seriously, and the court conducted its own independent investigation. It estimated the total damages at around $335,000, which is over 33 times as much as my brother-in-law had asked for initially. Furthermore, there's a law in California that awards triple damages in cases where agriculture is impacted. 
so the utility that had been unwilling to negotiate over $10,000 was now on the hook for over a million dollars in damages. When all was said and done, my brother-in-law confided to me that he would have gladly settled for the $10,000 in arbitration, and that it probably would have taken him over a decade to even sell a million dollars worth of crops. The utility had to have their day in court though. Honestly, let alone the outcome, and let alone the arguing over $10,000, you can't really feel too bad for a faceless utility company anyways. All I know is is that somebody on their legal team probably lost their job. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.